Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to week one of the 2017 Miss Cryptid Contest! Everything matches great on Skype. Perfect. This year, ladies and gentlemen, we have some of the finest, ugliest contestants you've ever seen. That's right. These scaly-tongued, acid-dripping beauties have been brought together from all over the world. Some from caves, others from under rocks. One dredged out of a pile of particularly off-putting sludge and paraded before you for your entertainment and edification. Aren't they lovely? <laughs> and pungent. Ogle till your nausea's content. Mm-hmm. Week one starts hot and heavy. <laughs> with a worldwide selection of contestants. We'll be traveling from the swelteringly hot cityscapes of India to the no-man's scrubland and caves of South Africa. To the also hot and sweltering American South. So pack your bags and watch the hags. <laughs> this will be one of the best miscryptids yet. I guarantee it. I'm your host, David Flora. I'm also a host. I'm Dave Stecco. So sit back, relax, Get on your splash-proof ponchos in case any viscera comes your way. <laughs> and enjoy the opening week of the 2017 Miss Cryptid Contest. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Hey, welcome. Here it is. Here it welcome, is. Welcome, Majesty. Welcome. Grace. Leavings. <laughs> <laughs> got, a, got a good start for you for this contest. Oh, man. We're coming out of the gate swinging. What a, what a glorious time of the year. We get nine weirdos that we get to talk about, and you get at least four chances to win a big box of just kick-ass shit. I mean, I, I put too much emphasis on, on the <laughs> sh- it, It's much better than that, but it's a big box. It's kick-ass, and yeah, it's it's going to be enviable. Right. I'll, I'll say that. It's still, ki- it's still a box of kick-ass shit. <laughs> uh, if you're new to the miscrypted contest, we present three cryptids, describe them, their history, all that good stuff. And then uh, in the week after the episode drops, you can go over to blurryphotos.org and vote on which cryptid you think came out on top for that week. Which was your favorite? Which one uh, was the best? Yep. And we do it for three weeks in a row. So there's a total of nine cryptids. You have to vote for the top three that you like. 
And for each vote that you cast, you can only cast one a week, but yeah. for each vote that you cast, you get, uh, if you so choose, entered into a, uh, a drawing, a, a sweepstakes. And then uh, at the end of those three weeks, we see who the three finalists are, and we have one more week of voting to determine who is the champion of the 2017 Miss Cryptid Contest. Yep, that's right. The winner of each week, they all had a face-off for our affection. That's right. So you're, you're very favoritist out of all of them. And so that means you have a total of four votes and four chances to get your name entered into the sweepstakes to win not only a magnificent prize pack from us, Blurry Photos, mm-hmm. but also your very own Golden Goatman replica trophy. Oh, man. Nothing like it. And, and here's the thing. This is the best prize pack we've ever put together. I can't say that often enough. That's right. You'll get a t-shirt in there, and um, Dave's going to pick out a wild card gift, which is That's right. something from uh, our Threadless store that is not a shirt yeah. and not a shower curtain. Yeah, you're already going to get a shirt. The shirt's already there. You're already yeah, getting get the shirt. shirt. No one's denying you a shirt. The shirt getting will come the shirt. to you. Stop asking about a shirt. Forget I about can't, not getting the shirt. I don't, you'll get I a don't shirt. know how many times I can Shirts tell you that you're going to get a shirt. I don't know if you'll get to pick the shirt, but you get yeah. to pick the size. <laughs> yeah, there you go. You got that going for you. <laughs> Anyways, um, that's that's how it works. Uh, help, you'll help us choose the 2017 Miss Cryptid uh, champion this year. Uh, out of a very fine mess of cryptids, yep. and they, they will receive the Golden Goatman trophy, and you get uh, a replica trophy and some prizes just for playing along. So this, this might even qualify as a slew of cryptids. We might have a slew of cryptids. I think so. And thanks to everyone who helped us uh, pick them out. We, we did a lot of picking with our Jack Slap level uh, live stream patrons on, on uh, Patreon.com. Yeah. And I think uh, I think we've got some real fun ones this year. So how's about we dive in? Yeah, Flora, kick it off. Uh, I'll kick it off by telling you who is competing this week. Oh yeah, yeah. This week's uh, I got this. I got this. Okay. This okay. week's contestants are from distant India, the Monkey Man of New Delhi. From also distant, but maybe not as distant, depending on where you're starting from, South Africa, the Groot Slang. Which is, if that's not the name for a rap metal band, then I just don't know what to do with my life. <laughs> and finally, from the least distant American South, the Wampus Cat. <laughs> go, go Wampus Cats. That's right. So I'll start us out here with the Monkey Man of New Delhi. Yeah. What's that Monkey Man up to? In the sweltering heat of an oppressive Indian summer, the capital city of New Delhi was gripped in fear by reports of a monkey man attacking residents in 2001. Uh-huh. The whole wave of terror lasted for a solid week and a half as residents described a four-foot-tall creature with a hairy body, monkey-like facial features, and metal claws. Whoa. Yeah. It would appear out of the darkness and rake victims with its razor-sharp claws before disappearing back into the night. I love an Indian Spring Hill Jack. <laughs> That's what this is. The victims were primarily men sleeping on the roof of their homes in an attempt to escape the oppressive heat. Some reports said it also had a metal helmet 
glowing red eyes, and three buttons on its chest. One to turn it into a monkey, one to give it extra strength, and one to make it invisible. That is elaborate. (laughs) Some said it was an avatar of the Hindu god Hanuman. Hanuman! On May 13th, 2001, a total of 15 people reported to hospital with bites and scratch marks from an unknown creature in Gajabad, a city near Delhi. Two days later, a pregnant woman tumbled down the stairs of her home in Delhi as she fled in terror when her neighbors screamed, The Monkey Man is here! In Noida, a man fell from his roof as he tried to escape the Monkey Man. Unfortunately, in both those cases, the people died. Yeech! Yeah. In a third case, a man in Delhi leapt from a rooftop to his death after a slumbering man who thought he felt something yanking on his sheets cried out that the monkey man had come. Most of the injured were hurt in stampedes to escape a black shadow that someone thought he had seen. Monkey man paranoia, man. So that's what it's turning into. Mob violence became a huge problem. A wandering Hindu mystic named Jamir was practicing rituals in a nearby wood when a mob attacked him and beat him senseless. He was about four feet tall, hairy, and wild-looking. To a panicked mob, he would have easily met the description of the monkey man. (laughs) I like how you say it. The mob dragged him to the police station, where there was nearly a stampede as people tried to get a glimpse of their, to that point, invisible tormentor. A van driver was even set upon on May 18th in a second case of mistaken identity. A lot of, lot of disheveled wildmen, I guess, that are short. Yeah. We've talked about this wildman thing, and I'm wrong every time. But <laughs> uh, May 21st, the monkey man was said to have attacked a band at a concert. <laughs> <laughs> monkey man likes to rock. <laughs> A young man claimed to have been set upon the creature while relieving himself, but a doctor who examined his wounds said they were sustained well before the claimed attack. Hmm. Police were skeptical, prudently thinking it was thieves or miscreants at work. They even called zoos to see if any apes had escaped, but none had. Did they call any machine shops? They didn't. Shut up. (laughs) Just saying. Just saying. I saw it with my own eyes, exclaimed 16-year-old Harish Singh. When the ladies started shouting on the ground floor, we went to the roof. We saw a small black creature hiding in a corner, and suddenly it just disappeared. It was a strange kind of black shadow, a strange kind of animal no one has ever seen before, said 18-year-old Deepak Sharma. Manaj Law, a deputy police commissioner in East Delhi, said the rumors flourished, especially among the poor and illiterate. It is coming from their subconscious, he said. Something at the back of their minds is working. I feel it is fear of the unknown. It has taken the shape of myth. People are really scared. This story has traveled to far areas of rural Uttar Pradesh and across the Yamuna River to north and south Delhi. It is spreading. The city was suffering rolling blackouts because the power couldn't keep up with demand in the muggy summer. But authorities decided to halt the regular nighttime electricity cuts in hopes of relieving fears that the monkey man would strike in the dark. Monkey man. The fear of attack kept many from sleeping, and that, plus nighttime electricity, actually cut down on burglaries for the week. Hey! (laughs) By, By May 25th, the police had fielded 397 calls from alleged victims of the simian menace, and then it was over. 
No culprit in the case was ever found. Authorities deemed it a case of mass hysteria. Oh, come on. They could do better than that. Can't, can, it be, can it be one case of weaponized simian, please? I'll sell you, I'll sell you a, a monkey buster, not, not a bunker buster. No, yeah. Just, yeah uh, a monkey buster. Uh, like a monkey bat, it's, which can either be a baseball bat for monkeys or a bat that's trained to attack monkeys. I'll accept either happily. Or a monkey that rides a bat. Ooh. Monkey man. Monkey man. That's the monkey man of New Delhi. All right. Let's go to South America to check out. No, it's not South America. It's South of America. It's South Southern United States. Okay. The Southern United States. <laughs> Great start. All right. Maximum effort. The wampus cat. Uh, A creature of North American folklore, mainly in the South, the wampus cat is a powerfully fearsome cougar-like beast, cougar sound, uh, that prowls the forests and mountains. It has various descriptions, mostly attributed to the tales that have been told about its origins, but generally you'll hear one of two versions. A wild big cat like a cougar or puma, sometimes with six legs, awesome, that's a cat or pillar. Uh, or a half-cat, half-woman creature. As with the versions of how it came to be, there are also different versions of otherworldly powers it possesses. For example, its gaze could cause madness, or its howl could foretell of an impending death. It's like a a female grim. It's like a a banshee cat. Yeah, banshee cat. Uh, In Missouri, they call it the galley wampus. In Arkansas, it's the whistling wampus. In Appalachia, it's the wampus cat. But wampus cat stories can be found in North Carolina, West Virginia, Louisiana, Kentucky, and Tennessee as well. Here are two versions of its origins. Don't worry, we'll we'll get you. We'll get you there. They say that the wampus cat used to be a beautiful Native American woman. The men of her tribe were always going on hunting trips, but the women had to stay home. The Native American woman secretly followed her husband one day when he went hunting with the other men. She hid herself behind a rock, clutching the hide of a mountain cat around her, and spied on the men as they sat around their campfires telling sacred stories and doing magic. You know, like dudes do. (laughs) According to the laws of the tribe, it was absolutely forbidden for women to hear the sacred stories and to see the tribe's magic. So when the woman was discovered, the medicine man punished her by binding her into the mountain cat skin she wore and then transforming her into a terrible monster, half woman, half mountain cat, all fury. And so the wampus cat roams the Appalachian Mountains at night, traveling up and down the hills, in and out of the valleys, forever wandering, ever alone in the mountains. Why, there are some say that when she steals animals or ruins things on farms, she's acting out of her anger and resentment from being cut off from the rest of mankind. There are some who say that she still will roam the mountains forever, lurking around the places where men live but will never be able to join them. Whenever those strange cries are heard at night, or whenever something gets disturbed in those little settlements in the hills, whenever an animal goes missing from a farm, the mountain people know who's to blame. It's just that old wampus cat's walking through again. <laughs> is what they say. <laughs> Look out, wampus <laughs> cat. <laughs> the other version, I reckon, sounds a little something. Oh, like this. An old woman lived by herself up in the hills. 
Whenever cattle seen hexed or other animals went missing, people blamed that old woman. Said she turned herself into a cat and sneak up to the house and hide until someone opened the door. And she'd dart in all unseen-like and wait until night and everybody inside was real sleepy. Then she cast a spell on them so they'd fall even deeper into sleep while she snuck out the window and stole whatever she wanted. After a while, everybody got tired of this happening, so they came up with a plan to catch her. Some folks stayed up and watched her sneak into a house one night after she'd cast her spell on the family inside. Well, she snuck out through the window, like she do, and ran for the barn just like she always did. But this time, as she was chanting her spell to turn back into a human, several folks jumped out and scared her before she had transformed completely. Now, just like Willow dropping the wand, you do not want to stop a witch mid-transformation. You're going to get a llama or a turtle or God knows what. The problem was, once the spell was started, it had to be completed. And hers was not. I almost want to say wain't, which is was ain't. Wouldn't. Hers wouldn't. <laughs> hers wain't. I like wain't. She was left half woman, half cat, ran off in the night howling in fear and pain. It stalks the hills even today, still looking for farm animals and the occasional child. <laughs> the name came out of who knows where, with a strong inclination towards catawampus, which means a skew, but an American colloquial might be derived from catamount, a regional name for a cougar. Which I've never heard. You never heard of catamount? No. Never heard that word. University of Vermont represent. Okay. The catamounts. Go catamount. All right. Well, they're not America's team, so. <laughs> <laughs> Depending on where you're drinking your shine, catawampus could mean a bunch of different things from a corner to just plain f***ed up. In North Carolina, it even means unknown animal. Not sure about the six legs. Didn't uh, didn't see that come up anywhere else. But in some school mascot lore, four for running at the speed of light, two for fighting with all its might. Is that which one? That is, was. Uh, um, it, it, I think it was some high school. Uh, also, the Leesville Wampus Cats from Leesville, Louisiana. Just putting it out there. Oh yeah, Wampum Wampus. <laughs> Uh, the problem with the Native American story is that it's almost certainly entirely made up and not by natives. Uh, it only uh, began to appear in the early 20th century, well after the term was floating around. Um, there is a Cherokee tale that's a little similar involving a demon called Ewa, uh, the spirit of madness, who was terrorizing a small village. How'd that story go, Dave? Standing Bear, a brave Cherokee warrior, ventured into the forest to slay Ewa. Uh, after several weeks, he returned in a disheveled, crazed state, clawing his eyes and screaming. Now, by tradition, he was as good as dead, leaving his beautiful wife, Running Deer, a virtual widow. A widow who wanted revenge. Running Deer went to the shamans, and they gave her a, a booger mask? Is what's, what's a booger mask? I think it's like... You know what? I'm not going to guess. See if, see if Google yeah, says. Yeah, that's, I'm, I'm doing it. Oh, shit. Okay, it's legit. 
The booger dance is a traditional dance of the Cherokee tribe performed with ritual masks. <laughs> yeah, that's great. <laughs> uh, running deer went to the shamans and they gave her a booger mask, which had a bobcat's face. And they told her that the spirit of the mountain cat could, could stand against Awa, but she must be the one to surprise the demon. Okay. Now let me back this up. The booger dance is a traditional Cherokee dance that's uh, done at night where everyone wears these uh, masks, these carved masks. Uh, I don't think that they intended it to sound like snot, but that's a booger mask is an actual real Cherokee thing. Anyway, she searched the woods for many days and finally came across it one night by a creek. Running deer crept ever closer, and just as she felt she could bring herself no closer, she sprang. Awa spun and saw the cat's spirit mask and began to tear at itself as the spirit of the mountain cat turned its powerful magic back on itself. The Awa tumbled backwards into the pool, and Running Deer immediately turned on her heel and ran as fast as she could back to the village, never once looking back. Some say that the spirit of Running Deer inhabits the Wampus Cat, and that she continues her eternal mission of watching her tribe's lands to protect them and their people from demons that hide in the dark and lost places. So, sort of an avenging Hellcat. Yeah, yeah, almost like a, like she elevated herself to demigod status yeah. or something. Like she's a spirit of the woods. I love, love, love the idea of uh, a six-legged wampus cat. I'm just putting that yeah. out there. So, and and when you look up images, some some of the images you'll see it, but I just didn't see any of the tales or the stories or the uh, origins of where that came from, except for like. This is our mascot, and this is our motto, <laughs> or or this is this is why we say he's got six legs. You know, like it's a little weird, but yeah, like six legged. Yeah, because you see, you know what? Five legs not enough. Four legs, four legs. Come on, man. Why are you even trying? We're not. We're no, we're no. Yeah, we're no basic bees here. <laughs> that is the Wampus Cat. Very nice. Uh, and lastly, for the first week, we have the Groot Slong. Groot Slong, huh? Okay. In the Richtersveld, an arid, mountainous wasteland on the northern Cape Province, South Africa, there is a massive cave system that the locals refer to as the Bottomless Pit. What? Or in some cases, the Wonder Hole. <laughs> it just got weirder and weirder. The latter moniker comes from the legends of the caves being filled with diamonds. Ooh. But no one dares venture close. For also in the cave dwells a terrible, monstrous creature known as the Groot Slong. Groot Slong! who covets diamonds and human flesh and guards his treasure fiercely. As well it should. The name is for Great Snake or Great Serpent, and it is described as either a 40-foot-long snake with an elephant head or, if you're in Benin, a huge elephant with a snake tail. It's got one side or the other. <laughs> yeah, I, I like the first version more. Yeah, it's cooler. It hunts at night and also preys on anyone foolish enough to enter the caves of the Richtersveld. Folklore says it's as old as the world itself, created when the gods mistakenly gave an animal too much strength, cunning, and intellect. Mm-hmm. Was that, was that animal called a uh, software engineer? <laughs> 
they then split the creation into what became the first elephants and first snakes. But one Grootslong escaped to the bottomless pit. Sightings have been spotty at best. Around 1867, a man named Hans Sauer saw a large black snake in the Orange River near Aliwal North, eastern Cape Province. In 1899, merchant G.A. Kinnear was crossing the Orange River near Uppington, North Cape Province, when he saw the head of a monstrous serpent emerge from the water. About 8 to 10 feet of head and neck were visible. In May 1920, at the confluence of the Great Fish and Orange Rivers, Frederick C. Cornell and others in his party saw the head and neck of a large snake swimming in the water. A John Clift saw a 20-foot crocodilian emerge from the Big Hole, an abandoned mine crater near Kimberley, northern Cape Province, in November 1947. Now, Dave, those sound like snakes and crocodiles. <laughs> yes, yes, they do. And there are both of those things there. Yeah. Nobody, nobody said anything about an uh, elephant snake, but yeah, I, I might be jumping, jumping the yeah. gun here. Yeah, don't, don't jump the gun. The most famous possible encounter happened to a man named Peter Grayson, an Oxford-educated English businessman who decided to hunt for the Diamond Caves. I am determined to return to England as a very rich man, or a dead man. <laughs> he reportedly said before setting sail with six companions in the summer of 1917. The first night in camp, a lion killed one member of the expedition and seriously injured a second. A few days later, a third companion died of either a poisonous insect bite or snake bite. A fourth man uh, just suddenly became sick and begged to be taken back to civilization. <laughs> yeah. And that left only Mr. Grayson, since the two remaining members of the expedition volunteered to take the sick and wounded men to the nearest village for medical treatment. Fine. Fine. I can do this on my own. I, need, I needn't any of you. I needn't any of you. He boasted to the guides before they left him alone in the wilderness. <laughs> that was the last time Mr. Grayson was seen or heard from. When a rescue party returned a week later, they found the camp deserted and no sign of the Englishman. Natives believed he had been devoured by the Grootslong. You know, f*** the uh, snake bites and lion attacks and anything else that is trying to kill you. Yeah, it was probably the elephant head snake. Yeah. Dave, there may be a way to protect yourself from this, though, if you ever fall victim to the Grootslong. Oh, thank God. I... (sighs) If you offer it enough gems and diamonds, you can effectively buy your life. Hey, isn't that just true all the time? Yep. So, there you go. That is the Grootslaw. So, there they are, everybody. Those are your three week one of the 2017 Ms. Cryptid Contest contestants. That's right. I want you to listen to this episode no less than three times. Carefully, carefully weigh your options. Measure twice, vote once. Yep. I like them advices. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, we have a little uh, palate cleanser pun for you. Oh, perfect. Go for it, Flora. Uh, there's an Appalachian legend of a man-sized cat that prowls the woods at night, Dave. Uh-huh. In trying to be fearsome, Its howl is said to cause giggles 
and it always misses its prey when it pounces. It's the womp wampus cat. <laughs> uh, you know, there is a, uh, a creature that lives in South Africa that, as far as I know, has never been implicated directly in a fatality, but is the bane of the South African tourist industry. Okay. Um, because at night they, they like to move indoors for protection. And usually that means staying in resorts or, or even people's homes. And the thing is, is this snake, I don't know how else to put it. It eats a lot of roughage. I suspect that it's lactose intolerant and is somehow getting a hold of a lot of milk because there's, there's one thing you'll know for sure is if you have a toots long in your house. Which which end did that sound come from? Who's to say? Yes. <laughs> there you go. Them's puns. Them's week one 2017 miscrypted contest. Them's David Flora. Them's David Stecco. Vote early, vote once. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll uh We'll uh, sniff your toot slongs next week. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> You're gross. Yeah. You're bye, gross. Bye, 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 bye. Bye, bye, bye. Goodbye, toot slongs.